Welcome to episode three of Thoughts from the Tinkerage. My name is Andy Pugh, and this is just my opportunity to share some thoughts and ideas with you. Two episodes have already gone live in the past few days, and I've had some really positive feedback from a few people, and that's that's really nice. Uh, a couple of constructive things to think about. Uh, I know audio is something I need to try and improve. I'm not sure that my mobile Dad's Taxi podcast creation studio is the best place acoustically for producing a podcast. But again, it's it's actually a Tuesday evening, uh, Tinkerage Tuesday. So episode two went out earlier this afternoon, my time, and train's going past again. I don't know if you'll pick that up, but it's another opportunity to share some thoughts. I'm trying uh, this episode. I was going to bring my Boyer Bavelia mic that I use sometimes when filming YouTube, uh, but we were in such a rush to get out of the house after dinner that I completely forgot to pick it up. Rather than just try the phone, as I did last week, I'm actually trying the microphone on my phone headset. It's not the highest of quality phone headsets. I tend to break them quite easily, so I tend to buy quite a cheap one. My hearing isn't as refined as it was once, so they, they're ideal, and hopefully the microphone will do the job. I have done a little sound check, and I think it's going to be okay. Hopefully it'll be consistent. I'm hoping the microphone isn't going to rustle on my scarf too much, but please do give me some feedback. I can be reached on Instagram through Thoughts from the Tinkerage, which is a new Instagram feed that I've set up specifically for this podcast. Uh, you can also reach me through my main Instagram feed, which is Andy C. Pugh, P-U-G-H. I haven't yet uploaded anything to YouTube, not at the time of recording, but hopefully by the time this episode is released, which will probably be next Tuesday, so Tinkerage Tuesday, thank you Dom for that suggestion, that it will be up and running. I need to do some work on the channel art and also produce some uh, kind of a thumbnail template, although I know I could change that later, so I may push them up with a relatively simple thumbnail and just improve that as I go along. I had notification this afternoon that the podcast is now available on five different providers. So as well as Anchor FM and Spotify, it's now available on Google Podcasts, Breaker, and one other, one that I'm not familiar with. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Hopefully it will be up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, CastBox, uh, hopefully soon. Anchor are handling that. I, you can do it manually. I need to look into uh, requirements for that. And if Anchor don't get it happening in a, a few days, then I'll I'll try and push that higher up my priority list. I do appreciate the positive comments that have been coming through through various media, and yeah, it's it's very encouraging. And I'll continue to put things out. 
as I've said before, my plan is not to, at this stage, go down the guest route. I've had a couple of people ask if I will do guests, and it might happen at some point. I can't imagine going through Maker Central without trying to get some element of podcast recording done. Even if it's out on the floor, I may have to think about how I record that. Not sure my phone will last all day, either space-wise or battery-wise. I don't think I've got a recorder that will handle it at the moment, but I'll have to see what I can jiggle up. Something that I'd like maybe a little bit of feedback from. Uh, I know there are things to improve. I know I can improve the audio. But I did have a little wonder about putting out tiny little snippets. For well over 30 years, I've been collecting interesting quotes. I think it's something that started... Well, actually, no, it, it probably started when I was a young, kind of preteen, uh, very much into reading. And I would often find quotes in books fascinating. And I'd give thought to them over time. And that's something that continued through university years, post-university, and into my teaching career. I would often, when I had my own classroom, laboratory, put little laminated quotes around the room to try and maybe motivate students to remind them of little things. I don't know if they work, sometimes they might fit. With many things in teaching, I, I often thought, I'll try something and if it makes a extra positive difference to one student, then it would have been worth the effort. Obviously, if something makes a negative impact on students, then I would stop. So one thought that I had when I was walking my dog uh, yesterday is to maybe put up short little quotes that I find interesting. Maybe just, I was thinking of almost something like a, a tinkerage two minutes and just to kind of intersperse them. I think it's inspired through by a little bit by a, a podcast that I follow called Lenswork, which is a photography podcast. And the host of that puts out uh, a longer podcast about once a week, so between 30 and, and 60 minutes. But nearly every day he puts out a tiny little episode called Here's a Thought, and it will literally just be, yeah, why don't you think about this? And I, li I like that. It gives me something every day. I guess, again, it's partly the, the teacher in me, kind of, I would, with my form groups, uh, often have a little something each day, something a little extra just to kind of give when, when time allowed. Just carrying on kind of admin type of things and sort of update. I have been every day since I decided that this was going to happen, been writing topics into a notebook, specific notebook just for the podcast. And I have a folder on my phone as well, where if I'm out and about, I'll put that on. Train goes past again. I'm a little bit closer today, so there's a quite frequent train. This is a, a London-bound station. Uh, station, there's actually a station less than a quarter of a mile away to my right. So at the moment, in my... I have a, a notebook. It's a small exercise book, squared paper, 
I use them quite a lot. They're quite cheap on Amazon. And I find them very useful. They're, they're quite... They're not pocket-sized, but they'll fit into a bag. So sometimes when I'm out and about, I'll, I'll put one in with, with... If I'm working on something particularly, whether I've, I've got one for kind of writing, I've got ones for different parts of making, so bookbinding, I have one, carving, I have one. I have others for things like photo editing skills, uh, web-based skills. So if I'm doing some sort of course online, I'll make notes in the notebook. So at the moment I've got four pages in the notebook plus some on my phone which I haven't transcribed over yet of ideas. So that's probably over 80 topics. I've covered the first two. What does Tinkerage mean and my maker journey. Deciding the order for the next one is, is, quite, is quite difficult. I have found that every day I will have some sort of interaction either in Meat World, the real world, or online that will give me something to think about. And some of those are worthy of the entire topic, an entire discussion. Some of them are only really tiny little snippets. Some of them are going to take a lot of thought and development. I've got several on the list that I could probably talk for an hour or more without really any preparation. They're topics that I have thought a lot about. They're topics that I'm interested in. They're topics that I've maybe read a lot about. I sometimes see a need for saying something to somebody, and that's something that I try and do. Something I will discuss in, in detail is my reasoning for doing the podcast. I think I have things to share. I want to share. And following on from what I said earlier, if one person gets one thing that maybe makes a really positive difference in their life from something I've said, then... To me, even if I don't know about it, that will be worth it. Obviously, it'd be really nice to know that maybe something I've said has made a positive difference to someone. So if, if that's you, maybe if you start to think about something in a different way, a more positive way, maybe if it, something I say helps you out of a, a little bit of a, a shallow point, I'd love to hear about it. This particular episode, I think I might split into a couple of parts. And the first one I want is a follow-on from the last episode. So the last episode, if you haven't listened to it, episode two, I shared over about 45 minutes my maker journey, a summary of my maker journey. There were some things that I left out. One, for example, before I was 11, I had read the encyclopedia set that we had at home. I was kind of always just swallowing information. I was constantly reading. I'd be watching TV at the same time as reading. And we had a, a set of encyclopedias. I can't remember how many parts it was now, but it was you know it was it was several feet long. This set. It wasn't Encyclopedia Britannica. We didn't have that. That was far too too big and too expensive. Uh, but each volume was probably 
a couple of inches thick and probably about a foot high and maybe nine inches wide. So big, big volumes, small text. And I kind of just sort of swallowed those. Uh, we had a, a magazine subscription for a while, one of these sort of magazine sets called The Joy of Knowledge that covered all sorts of things from geography and history, politics, but also science and engineering. And again, I, I devoured the information within those. And we also had a set of books about DIY, uh, engineering, craft. Now, this was an old set of books. It was, I, I really don't know the age of it. This would have been in the 1970s. They were probably 20 or 30 years old at that time. Certainly, it was kind of lots of black and white pictures. They weren't the, the 1970s styles books at all. Hardback, multiple volume set, heavy books. I, I devoured those as well. We also had a, a, a set of books. They were around small little books. I cannot for the life of me remember. And I've, I found them once online as a series, but have struggled since. And I've never seen them in sort of secondhand bookshops. Again, partly their age. Uh, small, quite small little books, probably about A5 sort of size, that were like project books. I remember them being kind of having a blue colouring to them with kind of images of the projects on the front. They all had a similar sort of style. They weren't particularly thick. They were fascinating books. We had a few of those, and I used to devour them. And at the back of the each one, there'd be a list of all the other books i can remember sort of ticking off the ones that i wanted to try and find and and read uh, there were things like you know make your own radio so there, there were things like that and yeah i did i was a cub scout and a scout so we did making things amongst that and pioneering so using poles and lashing to to create structures so i missed out a few things like that and a few others along the way but i think You've got the general gist. And that was my maker story. And it's it, it it's very personal to me. It, it's absolutely unique. And I just wanted to share with people that your maker journey is your own journey. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about comparatonitis at some other point, because it deserves a topic amongst itself. The idea that, for example, when we look at Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, we forget that we're looking at a curated feed. And so we see somebody with maybe amazing tools or we see somebody with amazing construction. But we don't always see the things that have gone wrong. I particularly like when some of the big name makers, and the first one that jumps to mind is, is Laura Kapp, one of the, actually, again, one of the very first makers that I discovered when I discovered the maker community a couple of years ago. She's been interviewed possibly on making it and so I found her work uh, I think it was when she was in her not last workshop or even the I think it was the workshop before that or even her, her first workshop when she went on YouTube and several times she has shown her mistakes and that's a really important thing you see somebody's feed 
on YouTube or Instagram and you see the perfect, the final finished thing, you might not see the three that have gone on the fire. You might not see the return trip to the timber store to get new material. You might not see where they've re-welded a joint, ground it down and painted it so it's now invisible. So when you're thinking about your maker journey, and I would encourage you to do that. I would encourage you to actually sort of maybe sit down and think about where you are with your making. Maybe you're just starting out. Maybe, as I saw on a Facebook group earlier today, somebody saying, I want to do some woodworking. What do I need? How do I start? And that's a start for, for many makers. They have a need or a want, and they've tried to fill that gap. So maybe, yeah, at some point, sit down. Think about your maker journey. When did you start? Did you start when you were very young? Were you making things with Lego? Were you sticking lollipop sticks together with PVA and making castles? Each one of us has a different journey in our making careers. Each person has progresses at a different rate. There are, of course, some people who've made making their education and their careers. Excuse that, that was, uh, sounds like a couple of people with compensation issues. Yeah, I think about maybe somebody like Sean Everly, uh, is on YouTube and Instagram. He concentrated very hard on his design technology GCSE and then design technology A-level cataloging his work through YouTube and is now learning how to make fine furniture. Yeah, as a young man who's really got into the making as a career and the quality of the work that he's producing already is fantastic. I'm sure by the time he's finished his college course and he has a few years experience, he's going to be producing some amazing furniture and other goods. Very talented, but he's also working very hard. It's very easy to think that our maker journey, our individual maker journeys, aren't the same as other people's. And you know what? That's because they're not the same as other people's. No two people have the same maker journey. Some people start very early. You listen to Jimmy DeResta's maker journey, his his background. You know, he was making money in school by band soaring letters out for his school friends. He's made a career from creativity and making. And that's prior to even you know, his, his fame on YouTube. I think about some of the people that I call friends within the maker community. Close friends. People who work in maker-related jobs. Maybe they work in maintenance. Maybe they work in building. Maybe they're making machines. Maybe they're engineering. It's all a form of making. You have other friends who they make as a hobby. They make to get away from a job that doesn't allow them that creativity. I know of some people who, through their childhood, had no opportunities presented to them for making other than that which they received in school. And as uh, something I will discuss probably in an episode of its own, that might be very variable depending on the priorities 
given by their school, the quality of the teaching, the desire to share. Because teachers, it, it does vary. There are some teachers who, as a teacher, you might think as a fellow professional, you might wonder how they, why they teach. Everybody who makes is on a journey. One of the secrets of that journey is that there is no destination. There might be waypoints. It may be that you want to be a blacksmith. So you head towards being a blacksmith and maybe you take some courses. Maybe you have a go at Fortune and Ale at Maker Central with Alex Pohl, Steve House. Maybe then you take some courses with them or with a blacksmith elsewhere in the country that may, wherever you are, suits you better. Maybe you get yourself a forge. Perhaps you get yourself an anvil or just a lump of steel. Maybe then just have a go. And you try things and you read some books and you watch some YouTube and you read and you watch and you read and you watch and you practice and you make mistakes and you try again. That's your journey towards being a blacksmith. That when you become a blacksmith, when you've got your own little forge in your garden, or maybe you've got a unit, or maybe you live on a farm and you've got a barn and you've set up a forge in a corner, you haven't arrived as such, I think. Maybe you reached a waypoint, but you're then going to want to become a better blacksmith. Maybe you want to concentrate on shoeing horses, become a farrier. Maybe you do some farrier courses. Maybe you then think, right, I want to create some artistic blacksmithing. And you're going to keep going. You're going to keep moving. You're going to keep practicing and learning. I don't think you actually ever reach a place where you then stand still. That might be something to talk about in another episode. If you stand still, if you reach a point where you're happy with your skill level, you just keep end up making exactly the same thing without making improvements to it, without improving your skill. Long train coming in there, coming down from London. Very long train. wonder if that's maybe even a couple of trains. There we go, that's through. Your maker journey may cross paths with other people, but it's going to be your journey. You are going to want to try different things. You will learn things at a different rate to other people. You'll have to take a different interest in things. Even if you're studying the same topic, maybe you're, you are wanting to do some bookbinding. It might be that you spend years studying Japanese bookbinding. Or it might be that you concentrate on medieval European bookbinding. And to me, this is, this is something I've seen people concerned about, that they maybe aren't where somebody else is. It's that little bit of comparatonitis. But I think it's important for everyone to know that your maker journey is your own. It is unique. It is different to everyone else's. And that's absolutely okay. It doesn't matter that as you look at it, some people may have a very easy journey that's very plentiful and your journey might be hard. That might not seem fair. Well, I guess life isn't fair. There's nothing to say that it should be fair. That's just the way life is. It's not, I don't think it's malicious in any way. But I guess it is because let's face it, the one guarantee in life is death. But that's, that's getting a bit morbid. Be proud of your maker journey. Be happy in your maker journey. Enjoy it. And don't forget, like any journey, 
It's okay to ask directions. It's okay to stop for a while and take a rest. And I wish you good speed in your journey. And I hope you have fair weather and the wind at your back. And that along your journey, you meet good friends. Time for me to go and play Dad's Taxi. So you hopefully know how to contact me in the show notes, the show description. You can find information. I will put out some proper show notes hopefully soon. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.